Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you have not experienced the content yourself, then please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to us ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Another happy pod. Hello and welcome to another happy pod brought to you by the Pine Size Network. My name is Nathan Bauer and I'm joined by uh, this c- <laughs> That's me, I guess. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that heartwarming intro. You mean so much to me. You're welcome. Do you want to say your name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm Lawrence, otherwise known as that c- There you go. Perfect. How are you doing today, Lawrence? I'm very well. Uh, we're we're recording the pod later than we normally do. We normally record about 10 a.m. Today it is fast approaching 9 p.m. Uh, so I'm a little bit tired. Uh, I did just eat a big dinner, um, and <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit sluggish. Nathan, how about you? What did you have for dinner? Uh, I had um, it was chorizo and chicken pasta, um, but the chicken and the chorizo was inside the pasta. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. It was very flavoursome, and I cooked it myself. Sorry? Tortellini. Tortellini, I've been informed. Who's that there in the background? I'm not disclosing her name. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't consent. She didn't sign a form. Is that Zucchini? Yeah, it's Zucchini. That's our loyal editor. Nathan, what are we doing doing today? Well, today we're doing a uh, Spidey special. Um, We're going to be talking about... Every single Spider-Man movie for some fucking reason. Um, because on a podcast where we usually go for about 45 minutes, we thought, why not squeeze nine movies into that length? So here we are. <laughs> Is there nine of them? There's Jesus. Nine of them. Is I there really? there's nine. Yeah, there's three... Um, there's three Raimis, two Amazing, so that's five. And then there's two... Uh, oh, wait, no. So there's eight. There's two MCUs. There's two MCUs. No, but then there's, then there's Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So Would you count Civil eight. War? Uh, well, if you count Civil War, then I guess you'd have to count Infinity War and Endgame as well. And that would take it up to like... True. 
11, 12, I don't know, I'm bad at maths, but there's a number of them. There's too many Spider-Men. There's a lot of them, is what I'm saying. There's far too many. How do um how do you feel about Spider Man? Is for me he's my he's my favorite superhero. So uh, yeah, I really really like Spider Man. He's always uh, been a favorite, and I think for a lot of people he's like sort of uh, a gateway into like the um, that fantastical Marvel and comic book world. He definitely was for me. Um, I mean, my introduction was the animated series in the nineties um, on Fox Kids, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, so I watched that like pretty much every Saturday morning when that was on. Um, and then before the movie came out, the first Raimi movie, um, I, that's when I got into comic books as well and just started reading uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man comic books and just loved them. Check you out. I know. What about you? Um, I, when I was younger, my first kind of into introduction to Spider-Man was uh, the Spider-Man 2, the Raimi film. Um, Spider-Man 2? I must have watched that. Yeah, I must have. Well, I'm a younger boy than you. you oh. You're an elderly man. All right. <laughs> for that. I wasn't. I wasn't around when this Fox Kids business <laughs> was going on. Um, yeah, Spider Man Two. I probably watched it like every day um, when I was quite young. Um, and yeah, just kind of grew up you know, like every kid does, like wanting to be the coolest superhero. And for me at the time, that was Spider Man. So yeah, it kind of stuck with me since then. Those that trilogy's held up in terms of like i think they're good movies um which we'll get into uh, yeah. and it's just kind of stuck around as a character that i've always had quite a you know passionate feeling towards there's definitely a reason why um spider-man is often considered the most popular comic book character and superhero some people would argue batman some people would argue superman but i think for a lot of people um, the majority of the time, if you ask someone who's their favorite superhero, they'll they're gonna mention Spider Man. Um, I don't know if that is the case for me. I re- I definitely love Spider Man. He is a, a, an amazing superhero, and I definitely love parts of his story. Um, but yeah, I don't really know where I stand on that. But he's but he is yours. Is that right? He is your favorite. He he is definitively my favorite. Yeah, followed closely by Batman. I feel like Batman's just a, such a like edgy white boy answer (laughs) you're not wrong but i like batman and you just have to take my word for it that i simultaneously love batman but also don't think joker is 20 2019's masterpiece movie so i i I hit the sweet spot of actually liking batman if that makes sense (laughs) all right fine we'll talk about that another time um yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so then uh yeah you're sort of leading and bringing some structure all this so you start us off where are we going okay um so obviously we've spoken about the spider-man movies like you say we've got the the trilogy then the the two amazings and then the all the mcu spider-mens um and then spider-mens spider-mans um and then also the into the spider-verse spider-people we'll go with that spider-people sounds nice uh inclusive as well yeah lovely um basically uh first question kind of straight in there what's your favorite out of all of them? Out of all of them. Hmm, okay. That's a it's quite a difficult question. I think I think for me it comes down to two of them. Uh, and I would go back and forth and hmm, I I I think I want to say into the Spider-Verse. Um and I think that would be the answer for a lot of people as well. That um, would. Yeah, because 
I, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's a, it's a great movie. Um, but I would also I would also want to say as well, um, and I don't think as many people would say this, but Far From Home. Okay, yeah, no, I, I we have a similar opinion on Far From Home. I think I think when we first saw it, we we texted each other and we said it's pretty up there because it was it was receiving like it was a it was a bit of a you know a term that we quite like here a bit of a marmite movie. Um, where people either seemed to really like it and were like massively on board of it, or they came out being like, "Oh, I knew Mysterio was going to be bad the whole time. I didn't like the film." Uh, like, what do you expect? Not right, enjoying then. it too much? I think, I think, I think most people like Far From Home. I feel like you see more of a negative reaction online to that movie um, from. Oh, I want to be careful here from certain areas of the Spider-Man fandom who will possibly, let's say, worship a certain director and will worship a certain trilogy that that director made in the early 2000s. I'm not saying which trilogy, but I'm just saying um, there's certain people like that out there. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. It's, um, they, I mean, they're good movies, and Spider-Man fans are up there with Star Wars in terms of being some of the worst fucking assholes on the internet. I think, I think sometimes they can be worse. Than, I mean, Star Wars fans are the the absolute worst but there are there are the epitome of evil (laughs) no one hates star wars more than star wars fans but i think that's also true for spider-man fans as well no one hates spider-man more than more than spidey fans it's it's just one of those things really it's true um i i personally would say definitively my favorite i like you say i think it doesn't come down to two for me but it is very close i I enjoy all of them. There's not yeah. a single Spider-Man movie, including Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3, uh, that I don't like. I I love all of them. Yeah. I could sit there and rewatch all of them many times and have a great amount of enjoyment. Um, but for me, um, oh, it's going to sound boring now because you, <laughs> you've said it as well, uh, but it is it is Into the Spider-Verse uh, for reasons we'll, we'll touch on when we go a little bit more in detail later on. Well, it's not boring. Obviously, obviously, there's a reason why that movie sticks out to a lot of people, and and I don't want to get into it now because we will get into it. But yeah, there's definitely a reason why people gravitate to that movie. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's it's. I mean, one, it's aimed at kids, so it's lighthearted, it's fun, but also like there's stuff that kids won't appreciate in there, like the messages about kind of believing in yourself and not just in a hero capacity but in just being a genuinely okay human being yeah um there's 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 lovely stuff in there um but i got some i got some takes uh, i asked some friends of mine um what they thought a few of them got back to me um so the first take we've got um from my friend alex lidard uh who has said that uh, into the spider-verse is the best movie it was subsequently shot down by saying it's not a hot take because that's a general opinion um <laughs> So nice one, nice one, Lidard. Um <laughs> Will has said I like the one with Peter Parker in it. <laughs> so that's that's definitively very very helpful. So thank you to Will. That is just um, classic Will. That is. It's it's classic Will. Uh, yeah. And Dylan has come in and said uh, Spider Man three purely for the nostalgic value and the quality of the memes. Um. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Spider-Man 3 has produced some pretty incredible memes. So, yeah, I can't argue with that. Memes that have been recognized by Sony as well. They included the uh, the the dancing segment in uh, oh, yeah. in a scene in Into the Spider-Verse. So, yeah, it's, it's worked out better for them, I'd say. 
and yeah, the the video game as well. Yeah. Um, so look, out of all of them, we've we've spoken about what your what our favorite movies are. Who do you think is the not the best Spider Man? Who do you think is your Spider Man? Um, I would say, um, ooh, my spy. I I would say Tom Holland. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that because he's in the MCU or no? No, no. I just think that that particular uh, adaptation or characterization or whatever you want to call it of both Peter Parker and Spider-Man, I think more so than the other two, and I'm only talking about live action here, more so than the other two, I think he's the one who gets it down. The From the version that I've read, the version that I uh, watched in the animated show uh, and the comic books and everything like that, he is the one who is more who more closely resembles and more uh, and brings that character to life for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I personally, I think my, my Spider-Man uh, is as it is for a lot of people, uh, especially my age. Um, again, sorry, Nathan, you are an old man. Um, my Spider-Man is always going to be Tobey Maguire, but that is not definitely not to say that i think he has the best movies or characterization and that's something i actually kind of wanted to touch on um obviously there is naturally a big disconnect between um the characters of peter parker and spider-man because spider-man is essentially peter parker's escape from being peter parker Mm -hmm. um so who's who's your best peter uh also tom yeah do you think he just nails it like with both he he does he's um there's I think like I feel like out of the three of them, um, Tom Tom Holland has really sort of nailed the the struggle of Peter Parker, and I'm not talking about like a struggle in a sense like, you know, he's always he's always poor or things are always going wrong for him. I mean the struggle in the sense of trying to balance both being Peter and Spider Man, um, because he wants to be Spider Man. He that's been his dream. He's a kid growing up in a world where the Avengers are a thing. Okay. Of course, you would want to put on a suit and join that. And he's basically had his dream handed to him on a silver platter. But at the same time, he still wants to be Peter Parker. He still wants to have, you know, the high school experiences. He wants to go to parties and kiss girls and hang out with Mary Jane and everything like that. Um, And the the struggle of trying to balance the two, he's the one who, who just kind of nails that, I think. I don't think that was ever really a problem for Andrew Garfield. Uh, no, it, it definitely wasn't. There's a few scenes um, where, like, he's kind of having to balance stuff and Gwen gets, like, a little bit cross. It's never a struggle. I yeah. I think um, it's interesting you say that because I actually think the film that handles that the best is Spider-Man 2 from the trilogy. Um, you know, where... See, Go on. I, I don't think it does. I, I literally just watched that movie. Um, and I've, I've, I think it handles... It doesn't necessarily handle... Peter doesn't necessarily handle that struggle. It's more like he's forced to. Like, he doesn't really get a choice in the matter. It's the choice is kind of made for him because he loses his powers, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I guess it makes sense. But it's also he loses his powers because of the internal conflict he's already experiencing. Uh, but anyway, actually, now that we're on Spider-Man trilogy, let's start going a little bit more in depth about these versions of the characters. So... Overall, what do you think about the the Toby? Let me just ask. Uh, you said that Toby was um, your Spider-Man. Why is that? 
Um, so for me, um, well, firstly, he has the benefit of being the first iteration I saw of the character ever. Um, so naturally, that will always kind of hold a bit of weight for me. Um, the main reason, I think, is because the films are quite emotionally grounded. Like I'd say with the Raimi films, they're, yeah, they're cheesy and they're camp and they're silly, but they're they're very much so stories about real people. Um, and that's played on enormously. Like, I think there's like, I think in Spider-Man 2, there's like less than like half an hour screen time of, of Spider-Man. Um, it's, it's mostly a movie about Peter Parker. And I just... I, I really, really enjoy the emotionally grounded stories. Like I say, I think that he did uh, a sensational job uh, playing playing Peter Parker. Do I think that makes him perfect? Probably not because of the fact that his Spider-Man sometimes suffers because it's you can't really go from being that version of Peter Parker to the most comic-accurate Spider-Man. But I I still really enjoy it. Like I say, those movies are timeless kind of classics for me, uh, which I really enjoy. So that's probably why he holds that weight for me. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's definitely an element of of nostalgia there. I think that's a big thing for a lot of people when it comes to the Raimi trilogy. And I'm not saying that to disparage it or discredit it at all. Um, I I think that's one of the things that works well for the trilogy in a good way. Um. I just think that between Peter Parker and Spider-Man, um, I, I just think there's a... Between the Toby Peter and Spider-Man, I should say, there's just a really big disconnect between the two. To me, they don't feel like the same person. I guess for a lot of people, that's part of it as well, because you do want um, some difference there. But I don't know. There's just times where, where when he's got the mask on, it does not feel like the same person is underneath it. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, completely. I, I get that entirely. I think that the version of it, it, it the only thing is voice, like yeah. even down to like, like there's little things where like I'm 90% certain they put Tobey Maguire in like a bit of a muscle suit. Cause when he's walking <laughs> around and he's just like in his Peter Parker clothes, he's like a little scrawny kid. And then when he's Spider-Man, he's a unit. Yeah, he looks so skinny when he's Peter. Yeah, I don't know if that... Maybe he's just doing a very good physical job at playing <laughs> Peter Parker, but he no, he just he transforms into a unit yeah, uh, when he he's really actually does. Peter. And maybe that's because this, this suit is so skin-tight and everything like that as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this suit? Um, I, look, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely honest. I fucking hate it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very bad for me. Like, Why, why yeah, do you hate it? It's a it's a it's a product of its time. I understand that, and it's very nostalgic. But I can't keep using that as an excuse. I just think it's a bad design, and it, his face is so like. Yeah, I know the CGI wasn't the best back then. Although it does have some yeah. of the most like cinema like cinematically pleasing swinging sequences of any Spider Man movie. Um, it does, yeah. It it's. Like he couldn't have had the like the expressive eyes that they've got in the MCU Spider-Man now. Like it just would have looked out of place in that kind of movie. But I think yeah. it it does suffer because there's when because he has like he doesn't really joke around as much as the other Spider-Man as well. It's really difficult to tell the tone um, sometimes, <laughs> and I just feel like the mask is so like unexpressive that that's it lets it down massively for me. Um, also, it's one of them. 
it's it's one of them that looks very good when it's all closed up and you can like see like the stitching and how like intricately woven it is because the design is great it just doesn't look good on on the film if that makes sense yeah like for me personally it 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 just doesn't translate well onto screen at all like it's just i don't know it doesn't look good practically like i feel like there's been some really hit or miss spider-man like suits and this is this is one for me that just when i see it like like i tell you what for the perfect example when um when you could play as um in different suits in the spider-man uh ps5 uh, ps4 game uh, yeah. I I tried that one on once, and then I just went, "Ah, this looks disgusting. I don't like it." Yeah, and I took it off. So that's yeah. I just don't <laughs> I don't enjoy the suit. I find it very unexpressive and a bit boring. That's fair. I, I definitely I get what you mean. I'm to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's I wouldn't say it's my least favorite live action suit. I'd say that's uh, the first Amazing Spider Man one, <laughs> the um, basketball suit. Yeah, the basketball suit. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was. I, I tell you what, I don't like. I don't like um, the spider on the back of it. There's just something about that that spider design where it's just like really big and weird. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's just a bit, that It's very thing. loud, isn't it? It's just there. It really is. Yeah, and also there's just no explanation as how he made or got the suit. Like it just appears. There's like that is like. <laughs> a million dollar like high quality weaving with yeah. metal webbing all over it and suddenly this broke high school kid just has that that's, costume that's the thing say what you want about the the first amazing spider-man suit the basketball suit uh yeah whilst i do think it's awful it at least looks intentionally awful like i've seen like a behind the scenes thing where the 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 costume designers were saying you know, this this isn't the most pristine Spider-Man suit, and that's because we don't want it to be. We need to believe that, like, a random kid has just made this out of shit he found. See, I still, like, I've seen that suit, and I, well, obviously I've seen the suit. Um, I still don't believe, like, high school, a high school kid could make that, though. It still seems, like, too high quality, and it's not, because it looks awful, but it still <laughs> seems <laughs> like it's too professionally made. Like, the only one I believe a high school kid could actually make is obviously the, like, the sweatsuit uh, version from Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah, that's that would be... <laughs> I mean, that suit intentionally looks like dog shit. Um, yeah, it does. It does. Um, but yeah, so back to the, the Raimis, uh, the trilogy as a whole. Look, for me, by by way of filmmaking, like I've said, these these stories feel deep. They feel very personal. Uh, one thing I really, really enjoy about them, um, and I'm not sure if, like, I thought about this just before we recorded, so it, it may not be 100% based on facts, but at least it's how I remember it. Um, every villain uh, reinforces, like, the overall theme of the story. Like, I find something that lacks in, like, some of the MCU movies... Um, not the Spider-Man one specifically, but like the villains are just re- like replaceable, easily, easily forgotten. Blue light in the sky, like blue beam in, in the air kind of thing. It, they're just a little bit boring and bland. These the villains in the Raimi trilogy, they all teach Spider-Man a very important lesson. Um, OK, so, for example, the one um, like Green Goblin teaches Peter yeah. Parker to not trust so easily, stop being so naive, like just because you know someone doesn't mean they don't want to fucking kill you for their own gain. Um, yeah. 
and that makes him into a more responsible hero because uh, at the beginning he's going out like i say he makes a few mistakes he ends up kind of getting his uncle killed uh he gets into fights at schools just because he can and it it's a kind of he abuses his power a little bit um and then you know towards the end when he's when he's kind of come into some fights he probably didn't want to be in because of how norman osborne was essentially a father figure to peter um it just comes down to the fact that like he he feels more responsible for the power he has now i mean for lack of a better phrase with great power comes great responsibility um <laughs> which, looking back on it now it's kind of really drives home in that um the second one um is uh about responsibility um dr octopus essentially teaches peter you know if you have this power you've got to use it for good um which I which I really enjoyed. You know, he he makes some very awful mistakes, but then he has the inhibitor chip um, blown out, so he can't really be completely blamed for them. But at the end of it, he says, "Look, irrespective of all of that, even though it wasn't really me, I made these god awful things, and I've got to fix the problem." Um, and in that film, Peter Parker's been struggling the whole time with: Does he need to be Spider Man? Does um, you know, is it what's best for him? It might be best for New York, but is it what's best for him? um so that is kind of the big thing there and then i could talk all day about you know the relevance that sandman has to the plot um but yeah i've i've, I've made my point already essentially all right um uh yeah i want to i want to know if i entirely agree with that um it, it's definitely an interesting point um i, I feel like uh, the version of doc ock in spider-man 2 um he's great alfred molina uh, is a great actor um there's just something that doesn't quite make sense about him and i can't quite put my finger on it so that's kind of a terrible point to bring up on a podcast but like there's just, there's just Nathan, something... we have a very easy job here the one thing you have to do is make a point and then articulate it <laughs> i know exactly and i can't even fucking do that but there's just I, I think it's just his his way of thinking and his logic because none of it really seems to make sense. Like, can can you explain to me what he wants? What he wants? Yeah. Um, well, you know, you could go into all the sciencey aspects of it, but what he wants isn't the main drive of the villain's plot because of the inhibitor chip. Essentially, what he he thinks he's essentially doing God's work. Um, yeah. and he's got a bit of an inflated ego like you know like he doesn't really know who peter is but then he starts giving peter lectures he's clearly thinks very highly of himself and his like abilities um, he, he definitely does and i actually quite like that about him yeah i do um, as well but then he then the inhibitor chip blows and then he's kind of all of his bad qualities are essentially amplified i mean look i that's what the movie does i don't know scientifically why that happens <laughs> but, no, but it, but it no, does um i get that i get what you're saying but i mean like in terms of like his goal like is it renewable energy is it is that what he's is that what he's trying to do yeah i believe so and it's for like the the whole benefit of new york and it 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 comes down to the whole like you with regards to hurting and killing some people um it's like the you know break a few eggs to make an omelet kind of thing for him i think okay so he's just gonna like <laughs> stand in front of the sun all day long <laughs> 
I'm sure he's got a, a continuation plan. I'm sure okay. his idea is not just to just to chill there for all eternity. Doc Ock is really good though. I actually I I love the design of the arms, um, and they're mostly practical as well, which is great. There's like puppeteers. There's the, um, Spider-Man 2 gives them. you the amazing horror scene of like the birth of Doc Ock when he's getting, yeah. they're trying to take his arms off um, through like some big surgery. And there's like a load of surgeons in there and they're all having a laugh. Um, and I think that's definitely one of the strengths of getting Sam Raimi to direct these movies. He's someone who's known uh, for doing horror. So in in sequences like that, he really shines because that is one of uh, the best sequences in the movie. Oh, it is. Uh, up, yeah. and, up until the point where he screams no, like Darth Vader, anyway, because that's pretty weird. <laughs> that was a, that was a, like a weird trope that the world went through, wasn't it? <laughs> Everyone, yeah. all the bad guys have to scream, no. <laughs> it's very weird, but that, I guess that was the mid-2000s for you. That's true. Um, yeah, as well, though, and I, and I know this has been brought up in other places as well, but it's it's a point I just find hilarious. Um, Doc Ock, for the, most, for the majority of this movie, doesn't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And at one point, he needs to speak to Peter Parker to find out where Spider-Man is or where he can get Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and his and his plan for doing that is just throw a fucking car at him, this regular <laughs> yeah. human. Yeah. <laughs> just launch a fucking car straight at him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look, it's you've got to throw in some... If, you, if you're making a dramatic, emotional movie, you've got to throw in some action for the kids. All right, and that's that's how movie logic works. Um, that's fair, but yeah, no, <laughs> you are right. Uh, you're not going to get very far when you've potentially killed or at least, you know, <laughs> like paralyzed the human. It being. would have absolutely killed him. You just launched that car straight through the window. Thank <laughs> God his spider sense just turned on. Otherwise, both him and MJ would be absolutely dead. He didn't. He only saved MJ as well. I'd imagine that car like went further. Imagine this is just a bartender making a cocktail or something. Just <laughs> oh, they're decimated. All yeah, all they're all yeah. they're all gone. Um, all one hundred percent dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, the yeah, but like I say, Doc Ock, uh, he is he is really good, and there are some really great action sequences with him, like the train fight and everything like that. Is probably one of the best Spider-Man action sequences yeah. that has been. It's incredible. It doesn't really make much sense in terms of story because Peter should be able to just knock him out with one punch. But in terms yeah. of in terms of action, it is really that was, good. That was something I never considered when I was younger. I read it. Um, I read it. I think it was in a comic that I read it. I can't remember which one. I think it was a random Spider-Man comic I just picked up. Um, yeah. And it was about how Peter Parker always has to pull his punches because he would just murder people with one like flick if he wanted to. Um, yeah, exactly. It's like in, ridiculous um, strength. It's like in Far From Home, where uh, Flash Thompson just grabs the glasses from Peter, the Edith glasses, and he's trying to get him back, and Peter just, like, accidentally flicks his wrist, and he just, like, taps Flash, oh. and he just knocks him the fuck out. Yeah, he's just out cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's great. Okay, so what do you think about all the, the sides and the supportings? You've got your Mary Jane, you've got your, oh, you've got your very dramatic I Harry Osborn. I hate them all. I hate every what, single even, one of them. Even Aunt May. Oh, especially Aunt May. No, that's what? Me. 
No, they're all. I think I've got on one of my notes. Um, everyone is just the worst. Everyone in <laughs> Peter's life is just the worst. Harry or like Harry, I get it. All right, your dad's been killed. Okay, and you think he's been killed by Spider Man? I get it. All right, that makes sense. But like every two seconds, he's like, "Hi, Peter. Happy birthday." Where's Spider Man? He killed my dad. And it's like, <laughs> mate, calm the fuck down. All right, and then Mary Jane, like. Uh, it, it's difficult how how to phrase this, but um, Mary Jane's awful in his movies. She she really is. She's uh, mostly let down by the writing because she has nothing to do apart from scream and be rescued. Yeah, and um, to to uh, Sam to Sam Raimi's credit, um, this stems from one of my many issues, which stem across all of these movies, uh, bar maybe the MCU, um, is the producing team at Sony and. One man in particular whose name is Avi Arad. No, oh, um, the worst person in just, Hollywood. They just need to be burnt. Like, they yeah. just need to... They, you don't hire a man like Sam Raimi and then get involved in the creative process. He's arguably one of the best working directors. Um, and it's it's such a shame because... Um, is it Kirsten Dunst or Kristen Dunst? Kirsten. Kirsten. She or was Kristen, I don't know. One of them. The, yeah. the the lady, the lovely lady, um, <laughs> she she only agreed to come back to Spider Man three because of uh, like she, basically she was promised by Sony many many things in terms of her character development, how she was going to get more scenes that weren't just being one of the boys' love interests, and how she was going to do yeah. more than scream, uh, and she yeah. filmed a lot of those. And guess where they went? All on Sony's cutting room Straight floor. Straight in the bin. Yep. Yeah. And it's such I mean, a fucking shame. It is a shame. And it's funny you would say that she had more to do in Spider-Man 3 in terms of character because that Spider-Man 3 is the one where she is the worst. She is so unlikable in that movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. In terms of, like, actual character, she's, like... She's just mad at Peter all the time. She's jealous because he's getting attention as Spider-Man and she's not as a kind of a failed actress. And, I mean, all right, fair enough. He did kiss another woman on a stage. Probably shouldn't have done that. That was a bit of a dickhead move, Peter. But <laughs> he's she's still just the most unlikable character in that movie. Out of she the three, is... that's definitely the worst portrayal of her. And oh, yeah. yeah, maybe she didn't deserve to be beaten in the face by him. But still, are some weird choices in that movie. Yeah, there, there really are. Like it's, it's not perfect, and a lot of the a lot of the stuff is shocking for sake of showing how far the suit has corrupted Peter. Uh, and they do yeah. have the scapegoat of saying, "Oh, you know, it's the symbiote taking over Peter's mind." He's not being Peter Parker, um, but yeah, it is. It is a little bit of a scapegoat and. The previous two movies have had MJ kind of being treated like shit by dudes as well. So it kind yeah. of, you know, like in the first one, you've got her dad and you've got her, her dad shouting at her, like her her boyfriend um, being a bit of a, a bit of a prick. Then you got in the second is one. Is it Flash? Is she dating Flash in the first one? It is Flash, isn't it? Yeah, she's dating um, and Germanella, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> Deathstroke. Deathstroke before is will probably never happen. No, by the way, but, thank thank the yeah. Lord. Um, <laughs> gosh, um, yeah, and then like that's, the second one, you've got thing. her being fired by the casting directors, who are basically like, "Honey, yeah. you just don't got it." Like, God, isn't that the third one? 
Is that the third one? I thought it was the... Oh, it might be... The... It is the third one. No, you are I right. think it is the third one, yeah, because yeah. I just watched the second one, I'm pretty sure. Damn. That wasn't there. I've been I fact-checked. <laughs> you have indeed. I'm so embarrassed. Call me Ben Shapiro. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's another thing um, about the Raimi trilogy. Uh, and I don't just want to harp on it, but everyone's way too old. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're in school and they're they're just straight up thirty five. Like, I think there's I think there's one scene in Spider Man One where the teacher actually looks younger than the kids, which <laughs> yeah. is brilliant. Uh, I've I've got one note here because I did just watch Spider Man Two. Um, it's a quote from one of the the passengers on the train. Uh, he says he's just a kid. No older than my son, and then I put cut to a shot of a forty-three-year-old man. <laughs> it's true. Look, look, he's obviously playing a younger. This was before studios trusted kid actors to hold franchises, like, and yeah. I see why. Like, some of the extras in this, like some of the the kid actors they have to work with, like who's the one guy that gives Peter his mask back and says, "We don't tell nobody." <laughs> like, it, we found something. Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Um, they're pretty bad. Yeah, they are. But look, let's let's move on to the far more divisive one and two, Amazing Spider Man's. Well, I feel I feel like, if I may, because I have been very harsh on the Raimi trilogy, and I, and I don't want to come across like I hate it because I actually do really like those movies. Um, they are they definitely do have their highlights. Um, what what would you say are your your favorite either characters or moments of the, of that trilogy? Just really quickly. Okay, so you've got obviously you've got the train sequence. Not just the f- I don't actually care so much for the fight. I think it's a great fight. Um, yeah, I I like although I literally mere seconds ago mugged it off. Um, I really <laughs> really enjoy the uh, interaction between the guys on the train and um, and. Peter's mask coming off and I I love the sheer panic on his face when he realizes his mask isn't on but then everyone else around him's like that's cool bro no worries I um, definitely think that's something uh the Raimi uh trilogy not so much in the third one but more in the first two does is the sort of the relationship between Spider-Man and New York itself um like there's the moment on the bridge in the first one um where they're all like throwing stuff at Green Goblin and everything like that and I, hey, I you always kind of like you mess with all of us <laughs> yeah, exactly and I do love the depiction of New York in these movies especially because it's just so like grounded and greasy and everyone's like there's angry cab drivers and I was like whoa you stole that guy's pizza it's the most like Sam that. Raimi New York that could have possibly ever yeah. been and I think it's probably out of the three it's probably the best interpretation of New York or the best adaptation oh 100% um, 100% well I, I did just want to say as well obviously uh, J.K. Simmons as J.J. oh Jameson. how have we not touched on this yet yeah possibly of- the most perfect uh, comic book casting there has ever been because my god he does oh, definitely make a brilliant Commissioner Gordon Nathan you're absolutely right <laughs> 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 no he's he does, he's, he he's brilliant the 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 inclusion of like he's it's basically like they're like mini shorts aren't they all of his scenes yeah. and they're led yeah. by him perfectly you've got the you've got um is it betsy betsy brunt in there um betty, you, oh, betty. betty is it um and then you've yeah. got the the other guy um the guy who's like <laughs> spider-man's not a menace 
Um, Robbie. That guy, he's great. Um, and then you've got yeah. Sam Raimi's brother who's in it. Um, oh, is he the other guy? The, like, the weedy one? Yeah, the nerdy one, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, and they're just, they're, they're a great little dynamic. Like, they work really well. And Peter's always, like, this is also normal for them. Like, Jonah's behavior is so normal, but Peter always stands out like a sore thumb in that in those scenes, yeah. and it's so good. It, 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 any scene with with JK in, in those movies is definitely a lesson. And obviously there's a reason they brought him back to the MCU just because he is, he, he just absolutely nails it. I mean, you can't get a better JK, a better J Jonah Jameson. And I think that's probably why he wasn't in the amazing Spider-Man movies as well, because <laughs> I know like, is that the only you thing you it? see of Joan Jameson, um, or J Jonah Jameson is, uh, like one email, An email. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Peter mentions him once. I think that's about it. Um, yeah, that that is it. But because how can you do it? You you just can't really, no. can you? And they knew that. They they had yeah. to have known that. Um, okay, cool. Uh, let's move on to the Amazing Spider-Man one and two. Um, a lot more divisive these ones, uh, I would say. Yeah. Um, look, I, my personal opinion of these, I I remember the first one coming out, um, and I was like so excited. Um, yeah, so 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 excited. I saw it with a bunch of mates. Went to the cinema, um, and it was. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I thought it was. At that point, I was like just old enough to be like, oh, dark and gritty is cool. Um, <laughs> like it, it was that kind of. You know, we were prime Chris Nolan Batman era at this point, so I preferred yeah. the grittier superhero takes. And this film was one million percent marketed towards it. Um, <laughs> look. Mark Webb is an amazing director. He's brilliant. He really at is. Simple human connections, improvised 500 moments. 500 Days of Summer is probably one of my favorite films of all time. It's a yeah, great movie. it's it's brilliant. And it's and it's that that you can so tell that Mark Webb directed this um and especially the scenes between Peter and Gwen. They're just so touching. Scenes between yeah. Peter and Aunt May. Um Uncle Ben leaves a little bit to be desired. I think he serves his purpose well, but the Raimi ones yeah. were way more of a father-son relationship that I actually believed. Um, I thought the Uncle Ben in these movies was a little bit of a letdown, but it carried brilliantly by uh, Sally Field's Aunt May. So um, I like it. My main enemy in these um, is is Sony. Sony just put their fingers in where they weren't needed. Um, and I really genuinely believe they fucked up what could have been a brilliant version of this character. Um, I would actually completely agree with you for the most part. Yeah, um, I definitely like the first one more than the second, and I think probably a lot of people would say that. Um, however, I don't think Amazing Spider-Man Two is anywhere near as bad as most people think it oh, is. Absolutely, I think not. there's some really great moments in that movie. Um, I think for Amazing Spider-Man Two, I think there's the main things that went wrong with that movie are number one the marketing because sony in their infinite wisdom just showed fucking everything and in the marketing like they held nothing back whatsoever and just pretty much showed you the entire movie the tagline of the of the first one's poster as well uh just to touch on marketing was uh the untold origin story um and then it ended up just being a subplot (laughs) about peter's parents that went nowhere yeah it, it really didn't um but yeah, marketing was definitely a big letdown of that movie. Um, but also, there was just so much 
going on in it. Like there was just, they were trying to do too many things. Like they were trying to set up the Sinister Six, but then also carry on this romance between uh, Peter and Gwen, but then also kill Gwen off, but then also explore the backstory of Peter's parents, but then also add in an element of how Peter was always destined to be Spider-Man, yeah. but then also add in Harry Osborn as Green Goblin as well. They were just trying to throw in like 60 years worth of comic book history into one movie. <laughs> it takes away... It, what I loved about the first one was the simplicity to it. And yeah, look, the, look, yeah. the, the Curtis Connors, the lizard things, right... It, it's not great. It, they weren't the best yeah. choices for the front villain, but it served its purpose well enough. And I thoroughly got on board with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I think, and this is coming back to what I said earlier that I said I'd touch on. Um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man for me is the most comic book accurate Spider-Man, not Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Okay. Um, and I, He's, yeah, I, yeah, you, yeah, all right, yeah. I see what you're saying. He's definitely very very accurate in terms of like this sort of happy-go-lucky quippy sort of uh sort of superheroes just basically having fun with it yeah really yeah exactly and i like i think you know there's a few things that um i think the raimi films did better in terms of like like i said peter in the raimi films was a bit irresponsible when he first got his powers and i think this this version of uh, andrew garfield's version comes across like just a, a little bit of a dick at times um, and it misses the mark yeah. of just misguided kid and more so just it just seems like a power hungry prick at certain points uh, but yeah no these these movies i just i think they're so brilliantly done in terms of character and i find i think you're absolutely right yeah mark webb is brilliant at character and sony isn't and that can be seen in the relationship between peter and aunt may uh peter and gwen and Peter and Captain Stacy, all very serious, not serious, but like very, the, their relationships are taken seriously in the movie. And then you yeah. want to look at Sony, Sony's involvement and all the characters they push for. Rhino is not a character that would ever exist in that capacity because no one is yeah. like that. The German doctor, the stereotype of the... Oh my God, it's, it's, that is the it's worst. It's so bad. And it's the worst thing is about yeah. it is it's... It's so obviously an attempt by Sony to be funny, and it's so not funny. Like, it's just awkward. I remember seeing that in the cinema itself and just going, what the fuck is going on? Why is there suddenly a cartoonish mad scientist in this movie? Yeah. It just comes out of nowhere. It looks, and it's fucking... Like, I feel bad for the actor because I'm assuming it's a payday for him and he's just <laughs> got his lines and gone, fuck it, yeah, go for it. Spider-Man movie, why not? Yeah. It might be his big break. But the actor, he, he's just not funny. Like, he's not a funny guy. No. Like, they didn't even cast someone that had good comedic timing for the... Like, I'd forgive it if it was jokes that people sometimes found funny. You know, like, comedy is yeah. subjective. But it no one can argue that those scenes are objectively funny because they've got Electro, another character that I think is a bit heavy-handed. I feel Jamie Foxx is an amazing actor, but this character, they just kind of clearly were writing his lines of dialogue on the day. Like, it, it was, yeah. like it's not a very well-put-together concept. Um, I don't want to trash on him too much because I think he's... He was um, incredibly excited to do this movie, and I think he was quite let down by the response to his character. Um, I, f- I think I think that's true, and I, and yeah. I, which has recently been made evident as yeah, well. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, 
and I yeah I just think that that's it perfectly embodies just Mark Webb trying his best to make a good good movie and Sony just coming in and fucking you know just nailing points home about toys and selling merch and and making blockbusters and let's get on the way for the mcu quickly we've got let's set up a spider-man universe with the sinister six that was that was absolutely the biggest thing because like this was what 2014 so avengers had already come out they were building up phase two um so sony were just massively trying to push for their own extended universe um like like a lot of other studios were at the time um and it just it was the downfall really because they didn't take the time to do it properly they just tried to rush it all through in one movie um and that's never gonna work yeah i mean it's it's batman versus superman all over again really obviously different studios but like you say the concept of just trying to get in line with disney's sales like it will never happen like Think, no. even thinking about it the mcu has no business being as successful as it is like it's just an anomaly that happened because the right people at the right time collaborated I, I and it will i don't know if i agree with that necessarily because i i'd say they because they took the time like you go back to the first iron man movie there's no real mention of this extended universe it's not until the post credit scene that there's a hint of it, really. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I just mean in the sense that they were like, they got the, the, the right people to make the right creative choices, like a team that were passionate no, yeah. over a team that wanted to make the quick money, um, yeah. which oh, I think yeah, definitely, definitely shows. But yeah, I mean, like this version of um, Peter Parker um, as, a, as a character, not Spider-Man, uh, I, think, I think he's just a bit too cool. Like, I think... I think at this time, is, yeah. yeah, like in 2012, this was the whole like the, you know, the hipster kid was like the, the skater guy was like the nerd. And it's just not the case anymore yeah. because like watching these movies now, like, yeah, Peter Parker's not like universally popular, but like there's a scene in Amazing Spider-Man 2 that I don't really take kindly to, not in a way that is like personally offended me, it sounded really dramatic, <laughs> but like, um, in the sense like he he runs on he runs on the stage after being like pretty late to collect his like i guess it's a degree they get for finishing high school in america i don't know how it works a diploma yeah, um diploma so he, he runs on stage uh and gwen's on stage because she's like you know she's that main bitch that they <laughs> they choose or something um <laughs> valedictorian that's the one thank you for the terms um <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and peter just like basically bends her over and just gets off with her like <laughs> bends her over he does like you know <laughs> he doesn't quite bend her over you're making it sound like he just rails no, her right on stage. Look, what i'm saying is gwen stacy gets her back broken in twice in this movie nathan that's all i'm saying um <laughs> brutal <laughs> no look she but but it's that kind of thing that like i don't think any version of peter parker would ever do that no yeah he is definitely um a bit too cool there i think they put like quite a bit of like andrew garfield flair into him um and it, and it kind of works for the movie i guess but it doesn't really work for peter parker the character yeah that that's that's it that's the point exactly it's not 
I don't I don't dislike it, but I cannot say that he's he's on par with. I I genuinely believe he's my favorite Spider Man. I love the jokes he makes, despite the fact that you know when he's when he's chatting with Rhino at the beginning, like the interactions he's having are brilliant yeah. and they're very classic Spider Man. The whole like, oh your gun doesn't work, let's let's let me fix that for you, let me help you, um, and just making very bad like quips and jokes. Um, they work really well. <laughs> like you kind of have to overlook the fact that about fifty people probably died in the time that <laughs> Spider Man took to tell those yeah, jokes. Probably. Yeah, um, yeah, but but there's like obviously that's just because it's a movie and things have to happen. But um, one of the scenes that really stands out to me um, with Andrew Garfield Spider Man, um, I think it's an amazing Spider Man too, is the one where there's that uh, little kid getting bullied, um, and like Peter, well Spider Man just like. He doesn't obviously do anything because they're just kids, but he just kind of like stares at them and scares them off. And then he just walks home with the kid and talks yeah. to him about like his science project that he made and like fixes it up for him. Yeah, and he tells fixes him like his how cool it is. It? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's, that's just that's a really the, cool moment. That's the kid at the end that stands up to Rhino as yeah. well. Um, yeah, exactly. and then he yeah i really like that because he comes over to him and he the kid's dressed as spider-man uh and yeah. spider-man comes back in after like a couple of months of not doing it um and then he he you hear him it's kind of like broken broken peter parker voice in the background going hey spider-man and yeah and he turns around and it, it is a good moment like look <clears throat> for for all of these flaws I think everyone involved in the creative process gave it their rule. They were just so let down by a team that weren't ready to let the filmmaker make the film. De- definitely, definitely. They're, like we said, they're just trying to rush to their own universe. Um, I think another thing which, and you've already mentioned it, but it really is the heart of these movies is Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. Their relationship is just so... And it's easy to see why they became an actual couple as well, because they have incredible chemistry, and their relationship is probably the most believable uh, Spidey relationship we've seen on screen, anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. And there's times where, again, you can see Sony's involvement with this, because... There are lovely moments which are clearly improvised between them because they're both phenomenally talented actors. Um, yeah. And there's very obvious moments that are very, like, cute and, and improv and you just ha- you, you there's moments that you couldn't have scripted to go that well, and they did. Um, yeah. And then... And then you get moments where he's like stood on a bridge and the line, the lines are like, I love you, Gwen. I'm going to follow you. I'll never stop <laughs> following you. And it's like, okay, thanks, yeah. Sony. I got it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think we both kind of agree on that. That it, Mark Webb's, Mark Webb wanted to make some wicked movies and Sony weren't ready to take their hands off the biggest property that they had. One thing I do just want to pick up on as well, in terms of these movies, I think out of the three on-screen uh, live-action anyway iterations we've got, uh, I think this one has the best music as well. I think the music in, uh, especially in Amazing Spider-Man Two, is just incredible. I love that soundtrack so much. Oh, Nathan, look, I liked the the Spider-Man theme. Right, actually, hang on, I'm gonna. Firstly, I'm going to say the first, the 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 best statement that I have to sum up sum this up. Um, my favorite Spider-Man score was was the the trailer version for um, Far From Home. Um, I just love it. I don't know why. I I love that version of the of the Spider-Man theme. Um, favorite score for me is Danny Elfman. 
I can't not love his. It's, maybe it's the nostalgia talking because he did all the Raimi movies. I think that's 100% the nostalgia talking because that score is dead. <laughs> Nathan, tell me, what is it about Mate. Skrillex you love so much in the second one? Uh, in the amazing spider-man 2 <laughs> because i think I, yeah you're right it is dubstep and skrillex but i think it works for that movie though it works with is it, hang on, is it actually skrillex no it's not a skrillex it's like fucking um dj jazzy jeff or some shit jazzy that's not jeff. who it is <laughs> who's jazzy jeff it's it's hans he, jazzy jeff is fucking will smith's dj oh i have no idea about this i'm <laughs> well out of touch with you're the so kids. young <laughs> <laughs> this isn't kids this isn't an adult thing you think, will, you think kids listen to will smith oh i see that explains how you know it because you're elderly <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> um no but like it, it's hans zimmer who does the score um and then he got other people to collaborate with him um as that's well that's very evident <laughs> i don't this imagine hans zimmer giving this the likes of nolan what do you mean mate this, oh look this score I like it. Okay, I like I like the Spider-Man themes. I don't like the dubstep. I think it's so in your face. It's so loud. And I, it's... I love it, man. I think the the Times Square sequence, which I think on its own is a great sequence anyway. Um, but I think it's it's made even more so by by the music and by the like it gives you it gives you it gives you glimpses into electro's head as well like the voices and everything like that and i just think all all together it all adds to this incredible sequence yeah sure it's it's loud and it's definitely in your face and it's you know like dubstep in a spider-man movie sounds almost unheard of but there's just something about that new aspect and sort of out there-ness of it which just really works for me Look, I, I appreciate it because it's a big, bold swing. I completely get that. Like, I imagine it was a very hard time getting a dubstep Spider-Man theme greenlit. Um, however, yeah, it, it, I like it up until that voices point. I think it, that that really took me out of that scene. And I love that. Like, I I will praise these movies until the day I die, essentially. But there's... The, that sequence I love. I love that sequence. The whole, you know, the how how you can hear Peter kind of actually scared of Max um, by the end. Um, yeah, and how Max is terrified of being irrelevant, and how Peter uh, doesn't remember him, and he he needs him to remember him, and he, then he just gets very overwhelmed. And I really like that. And um, how there's a guy in the crowds with a feed directly into all the screens in Times Square. That's really helpful as well. Is, is there? Yeah, there's a guy like filming it on a camera and it just suddenly shows up on all the billboards around Times Square. Yeah, no, never mind. Like some of them ads have probably cost people like tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. but they've got a live feed Spider-Man having a little beef. Um, <laughs> just some random bloke's got his camera out and yeah. he's tapped in. <laughs> he's got a GoPro on him and he's, he's ready. <laughs> um, no, but look, it, yeah, it's just the voices that took me out of that score. Like the, like the lyrics, like he lied to me, he shot at me or something like yeah. that. H R. Oh, look, I get your point. I get it. You're meant to be in Electro's head, but I feel like Electro's dialogue already does that job. Like I wasn't sat there going, "I wonder what Electro's thinking right now." No, <laughs> it's I, a I very obvious scene. Yeah, it's it's very obvious. I just think it's another another layer to it, which I know for me it works. I liked it. 
Fair enough, I guess. Also know. as well, I think there's some really good cinematography in Amazing Spider-Man 2 as well. Um, oh, absolutely right. There's, there's one shot in particular, more towards the end, um, where he's where Spider-Man is swinging towards uh, the power station thing, the Oscorp power grid. Um and there's just a moment where he like where he leaps over a building and everything just slows down for a second and like the lightning is striking through the air and everything like that. And it's just like a slow motion shot, which only lasts about two seconds of him just heading towards it. I just think that's great. Oh, yeah. My my favorite my favorite all time Spider Man shot is um the opening of Amazing Spider Man 2. I say the opening to the opening is actually a scene of <laughs> for some reason like a spy espionage movie between oh, yeah. Peter's parents. I mean the real opening scene of that movie. Um, of him falling. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of that and then uh, obviously no one no one knows how he got so high. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's weird. But, but it is it is weird, but I love the the way it fades in, then it's the Spider-Man logo, then it's his back and then it's the city of New York like in the I, li- I like in that moment as well that his that his suit is actually rippling as he falls as well. That's just a nice little touch. All right, we, we, we've been going way too long. Let's move on to MCU. Okay, look, you said earlier this was your favorite version of Spider-Man. So yeah, hit, hit me up. Why do you, why do you think so? Um, I just think there's just so much that this nails, essentially. Um, like, uh, it's probably... All right, yeah, let, let's get out of the way. It takes place in a larger universe, so it definitely has that to help it out. Iron Man is there. He's he. There's the whole Avengers aspect and everything like that. So that's already a leg up for most people. But like, just in terms of the actual Spider-Man movies themselves, um, Homecoming. I think you have one of the best on-screen Spider-Man villains you've ever had in oh, Michael yeah. Keaton and the Vulture. He is so good in that movie, man. And he's and he's um. He's like embedded in the comic book lore, essentially. Like, I love the fact, right? People give this movie a bit of shit um, because everything that Peter does is essentially got something to do with Iron Man. While for the most part, I kind of understand the criticism because obviously I love Spider-Man as an independent character. I I loved Spider-Man before I knew who Iron Man even was as a character. So I like to see him doing his own thing, obviously. But in this universe, like you say, yes, it's a leg up and it very much needs to be that version. Um, But yeah, no, this... This this version this villain um, of uh, Vulture played by Michael Keaton, like you said, is is just amazing. The way it ties into like it cuts back to him cleaning up the mess in the Avengers and how he essentially lost the contracts, um, yeah. lost his job, and like it shows it shows you like how working class people are actually affected when like the Avengers, you know, like the Avengers get to go home to their like million dollar compounds. And just chill exactly. out and not yeah. work and do anything. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, I, re- I really liked it. We all love Tony Stark because we know him um, and and we know his story and everything like that. But he's still a billionaire. Like, he's still someone who who profited off for a long, for a large portion of his life was profiting off war crimes and, and weapons and everything like that. He's Dude, do you still... remember when you first saw this? You texted me saying there was a line... Um, there was a line that you couldn't help but really agree with, and it was um, oh yeah, and it was it was um, Peter uh, saying to Vulture, you know, like you you you're selling weapons that are dangerous, you're gonna get people hurt, and he and he says, oh, how do you think your buddy Stark got all his millions or something? 
Exactly, um, yeah. And it, and it's it's a hundred percent true. Like at that point of your pain, you kind of have to go fair fair fucks, mate. <laughs> Crack on. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, um, yeah, you can't. I mean, you can fault Adrian Timms for what he's doing, but he's absolutely. I wouldn't say he's justified, but he has a he has a point. Like you can see why he's doing what he's doing. He's he wants to feed his family. He wants to make sure his daughter has a good life, and he wants to make sure his wife is taken care of and everything like that. Which is exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to do it safely and legally and doing it properly through the correct channels. But then the rich and the billionaires and the government fucked him over. So he thought, all right, I'll try it this way then. If I can't do it that way, I'll do it this way and just go about it. And and that's... But also, he's terrifying as well, though. Like, the scene in the car where he's just sort of... Where he just slowly figures it out and he just pieces it all together... That is a great sequence. It's that sequence is fucking amazing, and I think <laughs> I think John Watts doesn't get enough credit for directing that sequence. Like, yeah, the the way the second that he realizes, and then the and then the red light shines on his face. Oh yeah, um, from the so traffic good, lights is yeah. it's fucking brilliant. Like, it's such a well directed sequence, and and I to be honest, um, Tom Holland for me, like. Yes, I believe him as Spider-Man. Yes, I really enjoy his interpretation. But up until that moment, it's kind of been a little bit fun. Like, even when he was having the fights with the Vulture. Um, yeah. Uh, it was very much so. Like, Karen was chatting to him in his suit, and it was very fun. You know, the activate instant kill mode. Like, they're all good jokes. Um, that yeah. was the first moment where you see this version of Peter Parker go, oh, I'm in some shit. That like, was like that and that moment and then one a little bit later on in the warehouse is where you like have the 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 sort of moment of thinking oh yeah this is just a kid this is a 15 year old boy okay and he's trying to he's he's out of his league he there's no other way to put it he's massively out of his league but he's still gonna try and he's still gonna do what he can really because that's who spider-man is yeah, and I think he. This is a great movie um, because I, I love the aspect of it. This is the reason I really, really enjoy Tony Stark's presence in this movie, um, is because of the fact that he gives him. Tony is the irresponsible guy that we all know he is, uh, who tries to be a lot more responsible in his later days in the MCU. Um, but he gives he gives a kid like a, 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 essentially like an assassin's skill set, like. Um, <laughs> And goes, here you go. <laughs> and then tells him to go and save like cats from trees. Like with a well, with a suit that's like <laughs> designed for mass murder. Um, he does, but but to be fair to Tony Stark, he did restrict it though. Like it was all blocked off so Pia couldn't access that. Like there was the training wheels protocol and everything like that. Oh that's true, yeah, there was. Okay, I'll take it back. God, I need to. I need to be more informed, Nathan. I need to. You do, yeah, exactly. It's almost like this was the only one I didn't rewatch uh, <laughs> <laughs> for this podcast. Oh, um, no. Okay, so we. What, what do you think about um, the people around him? Because obviously we we know Tony Stark's in this, but what do you? This is a very very different Aunt May. This is a very we've never seen Ned in a movie before, and in this movie at least, this version of uh, Zendaya's version of MJ wasn't really even MJ until the end. And even at the end, well, it's it's, not, it was just it's speculation. Not it's not yeah. MJ. It's it's Michelle. It's She's not... Well, she is MJ. She's just not Mary Jane. Yeah. That's yeah. it. They're just sort of going with their own thing. 
really. And yeah, I don't mind that. It, it is what it is, really. I like Zendaya as the character herself. Zendaya is is great, and she plays that part uh, really well. Just that whole sort of like weird and off nature about her. Just the the kind of like weird loner girl, essentially. But far far from home does that relationship so many favors as well. Like I liked it in the first one, and it is very like weird and awkward and. Um, and they're, so, like they're so awkward together, but I think that definitely works in Mate, its the, favor. The big, the big kit in a traditional like superhero movie, you have the big kiss at the end, the whole like the hero yeah. stops the villain. But like this, the kiss in this, like Peter's just in the middle in, in Far From Home. Sorry, Peter's just in the middle of like chatting, and she just yeah. gives him the most like awkward teenager kiss I've ever seen in my life. And it because that's and it what they are, just, they're just teenagers. Fit, yeah, it fits yeah. the movie so well. Like the yeah. tone of it, it works really well. Um, it really does. But yeah, anyway, this is just <laughs> welcome back to just two men in their twenties talking about teenagers <laughs> kissing. Um uh, I I do like uh the supporting cast though. I really like Ned. Um he's he he's great in the movies. Um I understand why some people have a problem with Ned, um, in particular being like Spider-Man's best friend, because you know, traditionally that's a Miles Morales character. That's usually Miles' best friend. Um, and... Oh shit! It is. I never even thought about that. Actually. Oh really? Yeah. I just. Yeah. That's. Oh my god! Of course. Yeah. 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 Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, god, I'm, like, having, I'm having and... an epiphany live on the pod, Nathan. <laughs> Isn't this rare? <laughs> and a lot, a lot of the criticisms of the the sort of MCU Spider Man is that they have just given a lot of Miles's characteristics to this one, and I can definitely understand why people would have a problem with that. Um, in terms, well, there's a whole range of issues around it, which I'm not qualified to talk about. But I, I just like Ned, though he's just a great character. Um, the relationship between them is just—you can tell like these are two people who have just been friends for a long time. Like they don't really have any secrets between each other. Um, and Ned is like—he's kind of a gigantic nerd. Um, but everyone seems to really like him anyway. Like no one really has a problem with Ned, which I just like. There's always there's always that kid in school that's like, like you don't know why everyone likes him, but he, they do. Yeah. Because it, I th- and I, to be fair, like Ned is he's the sweetest. He's such a he's such a cool guy. He's so sweet. Um, yeah. And he kind of he does exude that energy of just like being super chill. <laughs> so no, he, he's a very <laughs> likable character. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you in with my own hot take. Um, I f- I no I'm not gonna swear. I feel like that emphasizes it too much because I don't feel that strongly about it. Uh, I could do without this version of Aunt May if I'm honest. Really? Yeah, I don't. One. Why? One, I don't appreciate the Tony Stark flirting with her kind of thing. I think it's a it's a funny joke. But it kind of dilutes the impact that Uncle Ben would have had on this Peter. Um, I don't, I think, basically, right, um, I don't know whether it's just because, again, I appreciate the Raimi movies um, over most. Um, I I, th- I feel like Peter Parker grew up um, the way he did, being this relatable kid uh, from Queens, just because of, like, how Aunt May and Uncle Ben raised him to be, Um because it's yeah. it's so evident in like the comics and then in the Raimi movies, like Peter shares the characteristics that Uncle Ben does, and it's 
you know, like unfortunately, it's why Uncle Ben dies because he's not got the powers that Peter ends up having, but he still wants to stand up for the little guy kind of thing. Um, and I, ju- I just feel like this version of Aunt May, I just genuinely believe that whilst I, whilst it's a good portrayal and you can see that, you know, Mar- uh, Marissa Tomei obviously does a good performance, I don't like the direction of the character. I don't think that Peter would have learned any, like, kind of... Uh, I like... I don't think he would have learned any, like, important lessons that Peter Parker should have learned before becoming Spider-Man from that version of Aunt May. And then... I don't like how okay she is with him being Spider-Man. Like, she's just not worried. And if anything, she's way more encouraging of it um, in Far From Home. But but to be fair, I think... I, I see what you're saying, but a lot of what you're saying is stuff related to stuff we haven't seen, though. Like, what came before... Um, this started essentially like when ben was still alive and everything like that we haven't seen anything of that no i agree also and we also haven't like at the end of homecoming she finds out that he's peter parker and then by the next time we see him in infinity war it's like a year later or so and so there's been time for her to get used to the i kind of well she wasn't she screamed at him when she found out she clearly wasn't okay with it i think Obviously, over time, she's come to accept it. I think definitely, yeah, we could have done with a scene or something explaining yeah. what that was and why she was okay with it. We could have definitely done with that. Yeah, but... I feel like, like you say, and I, I appreciate that it's all like stuff that's before. And I don't get me wrong, I was more than happy uh, and more than okay with Homecoming not being an origin story of Spider-Man. Um, and, and it kind of was. It was a hidden origin in terms of Peter becoming the real hero that is Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, we didn't see him get bitten by the spider and all of that, which I liked. Uh, I just, I don't get like that. This is not me saying I wanted to see an on-screen uncle Ben. I genuinely don't care about seeing an on-screen uncle Ben. I would have liked to have heard him maybe referenced a bit more just because of how big of a part he plays on Peter in his adolescence, to be honest. Um, just in terms of a character preference, that's what that's what kind of I think about it. I see what you're saying. I I just come at it from the point of we don't need it because we've seen it so many times. Though we've seen it with Raimi, we've seen it with Mark Webb, we've seen that storyline play out. We've seen the angsty teenager be sad over his uncle dying. No, I agree. I agree, but I just feel like that's. You know, like just because we've seen it in other movies, like yeah, no, in an origin, an origin story, the purpose of it is to tell the audience how the, you know, how he got those powers, kind of thing. That's yeah. essentially what it is, and we've seen that. And if if you're alive today and you're an adult and you still don't know how Peter Parker got his powers, despite it being one of the most popular like pop culture references, um, I'm very, I'd be very shocked. Um, yeah so we definitely don't need to see him get bitten i completely am fine with that but this this is a new interpretation of the character and therefore i'd like to see what made the character think the way he does and i don't i don't need like flashback after flashback after flashback i i mean just like a little thing every now and again like it would have been perfect in the scene in civil war when he says oh i like the moment where he says you know when when you can do what i can do and then you don't and then bad things happen they happen because of you I would have loved yeah. just like another line in that about like my uncle Ben used to say this or whatever. Like 
I just feel like they they missed that mark a little bit, and it's gonna I've gone I've gone a bit off topic because I'm now speaking about Uncle Ben more than Aunt May, but I just feel like this Aunt May doesn't really she doesn't add anything. She doesn't subtract anything either, but Aunt May should add to the personality of Peter. She's his moral compass in the comics. I would massively disagree with you saying she doesn't add anything. Really? What what, what do you like about her then? She's... Sexy. She's hot. (laughs) 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 No, um, she's... I don't know. There's just she's she's obviously younger, and she's much more like kind of fun and relatable to this version of Peter. Like the relationship is is just more believable. Like because obviously with the Raimi, it's a very old lady, um, and the, they don't really kind of have any back and forth. Or there's not really much fun between them. Uh, there is a little bit, um, but with Marissa Tomei, they're just able to to build on that relationship and, and show two people who clearly love each other and clearly have this uh, familial bond, but can also just have fun and, you know, make fun of each other and everything like that, which they do. And I really like, um, in terms of like uncle Ben, um, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't think we need it again. I'm the idea of him not being brought up. It just, I guess it just doesn't phase me just because I know, like no, I know Peter. That is fair. Like he has, he. I know that story. He's been affected for it, from it. I don't need to be reminded of it. What I like to see is it explored in new ways because he still, he still goes. You could argue that he still goes through all of that with Tony Stark. And yeah, I understand a lot of people would have a problem with Tony Stark replacing Uncle Ben. Yeah, I, it, I, I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't why look I just feel like the lessons that Uncle Ben teaches Peter um are very much so like do what you think is right listen to what you want to do and Tony is a, a like even even after he goes through his kind of not a redemption arc so to speak but even after he go he becomes a far more compassionate person um like civil war and thereafter um I just feel like he he can't really be that guy. Like, I like the moments where he says, um, you know, you're supposed to be better than me. There's a, re- there's a really good line that he says. Um, can you remember it? Yeah. Off the top of your head. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, Peter says, I just wanted to be like you. Um, and then Stark says, I wanted you to be better than me. Yeah, and that, so that that's great. And I like that. I really, really do. Um, but... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I just look. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's a personal preference kind of thing. I just I just would have liked to have seen more of a backstory there with regards to like someone else being his father figure. Like I'm completely fine with Peter idolizing Tony because if you grow up in that MCU world, why wouldn't you? Um, yeah. Like most kids would grow up and be like, I want to be like Iron Man kind of thing. Um, yeah. So why wouldn't you? Obviously, but he needs i just think he needed a personal thing like he's something something that taught him you know you know that just that moment that you were speaking about you know like the the never give up moment where he's the building falls on him in homecoming um and he yeah, essentially is just a moment. kid under a under a fuckload of debris and he has to get himself out of he it he is just a screaming child yeah, essentially that that's yeah. like a perfect moment 
where like he doesn't need to draw on what Tony's told him. He because what Tony's told him is to like hang back and look after the little guy and blah 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 and be a hero and all of this and stay in your lane kind of thing up until that point. At that point, he needs to draw from another guiding figure, which I think is always perfectly personified by Uncle Ben. And I just feel like that movie, it doesn't detract from that moment. I fucking, I think that's one of my favorite MCU Spider-Man scenes, if not my favorite MCU Spider-Man scene. But I I just feel like it would have been a nice inclusion. But we didn't get it, and that's fine. But, you know, just personal preference, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I think I just, I don't know. I think I just, I guess I, I just see a lot of people who who have that problem the problem you have with with um tony stark and everything like that the way i see it is that and this probably will probably sound harsh but it's like you just want it to be the same as the the raimis and what came before you just want it to be the same Mm. as the story you know essentially um and because it's something new because it's something different that just freaks a lot of people out that's probably not the case like i said there is absolutely valid criticisms of it that's just the way i personally yeah like don't get me wrong right you're you're bringing i completely understand why like you're bringing spider-man into the mcu who's the face of the mcu (laughs) like you're obviously gonna have him play an enormous part and it works perfectly because in that universe you know it's not the same universe as as the raimi movies at all but it's so different so you're gonna have a different spider-man that reflects that different time and and uh and setting but yeah no i just feel like for me i feel like some of the like making it inclusive with like iron man and building it into the mcu occasionally they missed out on a few key moments that i think make peter peter and spider-man essentially um but that doesn't detract like i've even said in my notes um (laughs) well actually the first one I i was gonna say is finally an actor that looks like he's at school um (laughs) <laughs> and then the, yeah, sec- the second one I said um, was that I, I don't overly relate to this MCU, Peter, so much as I did with the others. Um, and that's like, I get your point, but I don't think for me that's just that I want it to be the Raimi movies. I don't want the Raimi movies in the MCU, obviously. <laughs> like they would look yeah. so out of place and, and weird. And Tom Holland playing that version of it, Peter is just, it would just be a bit shit, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like by them relying on Iron Man to build up so much of his hero training and how, and like how he sees being a superhero um is it just detracts a little bit because a lot of peter's strength comes from how he was raised and the whole idea is that spider-man isn't the hero it's just peter wearing a mask like spider-man's i think that's i think that's kind of the the idea and sort of the beauty of far from home that that was the next thing in my notes yeah all right yeah because like big a big part of far from home is that tony's dead and you know peter doesn't have (laughs) spoiler alert sorry (laughs) um yeah peter's essentially on his own now he doesn't have the avengers he doesn't have um tony to to bail him out or anything like that he's got to do this on his own really um and i think that is a big part of that movie of him coming into his own um and becoming his own superhero essentially yeah no i'd i'd say i'd say that's fair like i like i said i've i've put in my notes um i really enjoy how far from home attempted to liberate peter um you know the yeah. whole like 
there's a moment with uh, him and him on the plane. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's a great moment where, where he builds a suit and uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and but then also the the thing that Happy says to him that says like I don't think he would have did what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here. Um, yeah. Whilst, whilst I think is a bit weird because Tony does have like a whole team of Avengers <laughs> that are like a lot more <laughs> trained than him. Um, but yeah, no, like I get the point. Like he was he was raising him, raising him up to be like a prodigy kind of thing. Um, and like a little he really apprentice. was because he yeah you're right he did have a team he did have the Avengers and people he knew he could count on but also his relationship with Pia was massively different than it was with the other team you, you clearly Pia was like a surrogate son for him like Tony's obviously got a lot of daddy issues that's relevant throughout the entire MCU (laughs) and obviously he's projecting a lot of that onto Peter and trying to do better essentially he was essentially Um, trying to build himself the way he wanted people to see him I think exactly yeah 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 Yeah. you're absolutely right he's my famous catchphrase (laughs) Um, nice (laughs) <laughs> um what was i gonna say uh yeah far from home um we are running so long i don't know how long we've been recording but i imagine this is this, this is gonna long. be a long one if you've stuck with us this uh this this way and we appreciate it. it is slightly a longer episode yeah. than normal but this is our first special where we're covering more than one film essentially like nathan said at the beginning we're <laughs> attempting to go through like 11 films of spider-man <laughs> so so it's gonna be longer exactly. so just fu- you know what it's free content just fucking stream it <laughs> and rate it five stars yeah exactly. um what did you think of mysterio jake Shaw? because let me tell you all right spider-man has i've always loved spider-man I've, spider-man has arguably one of, if not the greatest rogues gallery. Out of the selection of villains he has, he has so many to choose from. All of them are so weird and amazing. But my favourite has always been Mysterio. And I was so happy that they are finally bringing him to the movies. Yeah. What did you think of uh, Right, so firstly, I was so shocked when he was the villain. <laughs> Said no one ever. Um, no, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, wowee, what? <laughs> I, it was impossible to avoid. I I like that though because the <laughs> the film is very self aware of that, um, and it knows that yeah. you're not ever going to see him as a good guy. So you he, they kind of sow the seeds of deception very early on into the movie. Um, yeah, no, I I like it. Look, I'm always always here for uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, Yeelan Haler, or whatever his surname is. Um, <laughs> it's Gyllenhaal, Hall, yeah. Um, I'm always down for him in any role. Like he's an actor. I think Me he's too. so versatile. And in this, like he's, he's so obviously been waiting for Marvel on the phone because he's just so invested <laughs> in this performance. And it's, it's so good. Like the moment where Peter leaves the bar and like, they're both feeling great about the conversation they've had. Peter feels like he's got weight off his shoulders. Cause he's handed over, um, his, his Edith glasses. Um, yeah to to mysterio and then the second he leaves and mysterio just is a different character like he's like it's, oh that is, yeah it's 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 that great. is one of the best uh scenes in in the entire movie uh i usually hate exposition and info dumps in movies usually they don't and it's work. a big one it's a very big one 
Oh, but this movie has two of them. This movie has two. One being this one. The other <laughs> being, I fucking love it as well, right at the beginning when uh, they do the school news report and it just gives you all the information <laughs> yeah. on what happened with the snap and everything like that. But also the they clearly edited by a 15-year-old kid on iMovie tribute to the Fallen Avengers <laughs> and everything. Yeah, no, it is, it is great. <laughs> it's... It is great, yeah. But the but this info dump in particular, this exposition scene, it's just so good. It's 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 because you have Jake Gyllenhaal being absolutely weird and insane, like Jake Gyllenhaal does best. But then also the way they tie it into like past MCU movies as well, like it ties into Civil War, it ties into Iron Man One, uh, and everything like that. <laughs> Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. With a box of scraps. With a box of scraps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they bring that bald guy back. Uh, not the same guy. It is guy. the same guy, actually. Um, Shut up, exact, I thought it wasn't at first because it kind of looks like CGI when they did the when they did the, the flashback. But no, it's literally the exact same actor. Oh, my God. Yeah. The commitment. Marvel have these guys balls and vices <laughs> in any contract. You, you could be an extra, like, having a sip of coffee in the background. Uh, of like one Avengers they got scene you. from a deleted they got you scene, for twenty movies, and yeah, and they'll they'll need you, they'll they'll need you to come <laughs> running. Um, that's it. Um, no, look, yeah, like, I I love Mysterio. I think he's he's a great addition to this. And like you say, the info dumps that they give him, they don't give him particularly easy dialogue, no. uh, but he really works it. And and to be honest, this whole interpretation of uh, Mysterio like not being this like sorcerer wizard weirdo yeah. that he is in the comics um and actually just being a guy a guy yeah. that's like clever at illusions is a good liar and um it like knows how to trick shit essentially um yeah they yeah it makes it completely makes sense for this day and age why they choose that version and of they the could have gone with the more comic version as well like there's no reason why they couldn't have done like illusions and sorcery because that exists in this universe you know we've seen doctor strange and everything like that they easily could have related him um to that sort of magical world but they definitely the the way they did it with the the hologram technology and the drones and everything like that um, and the fact that his actual his actual suit, not Mysterio suit, but what Jake Gyllenhaal is actually wearing is just like a standard, uh, like CGI suit. I love that so much. <laughs> it's the it's the mocap yeah, suit, the standard isn't it? mocap yeah. suit. Yeah, I think that's just such a great choice. Um, and the fact that they actually gave him the fishbowl head, I was so scared they wouldn't. I was terrified yeah. that they would do some... I think I saw so many tweets that were saying, you know, give yeah. him the fishbowl, you cowards. <laughs> like, let's see it. And, and as well, um, I think the best ever, for me personally, the best ever sequence in a Spider-Man movie is that illusion sequence in this movie. The one where Mysterio is just going full Mysterio, essentially, and giving Peter all those illusions. That is... That is torn right from the pages of a comic book. I loved that sequence so much. Oh yeah, it 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 looks yeah. stunning as well. There's the um there's the moment where he like lands and he looks up and there's a grave and at first like it, it's not as obvious. It's not like Iron yeah. Man. Um, it, it says like Anthony Edwards Stark and you're like, oh my god. 
Like, this is so in-depth. And then just, like, the Iron <laughs> like, Gauntlet uh, wrenches out, and then there's a zombie Iron Man and everything like that. It's Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, it's, 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 it's great. Nathan, Into the Spider-Verse, uh, both of our... My, dis- my decisive favourite Spider-Man movie, yours, sort of, did you confirm? Uh, uh, it shares it shares the, the trophy. Okay, nice. Um, look, this movie, we've been speaking about Peter Parker, so this movie is a little bit different. Um, if you haven't seen this one, because it's kind of the one that it doesn't fall into the category of like one of the main three Spider-Mens, and that's because it's animated um and it was kind of a more of a kids movie when it came out um i don't know if you remember me saying this we watched the preview for it the one of the it was the graveyard sequence um where he pulls peter along through the through like the streets of yeah. new york um we saw we had a preview for that in a movie that we watched together um and i don't know if you venom. remember this is it venom bloody hell um i don't know if you remember me saying this i turned around to you and went this looks like garbage. Did you? I don't remember that. I gen, yeah, I genuinely. I don't know if I use those exact words, but I was not a fan. I remember saying like the animation was jarring. I didn't like it. Um, what a fool you! And are. I thought it was. Yeah, what a fool I was, Nathan. Um, because I didn't realize that this movie would have as as much heart as it as it does. Um, this movie is the first i believe um to center around mars morales um uh or at least like the the biggest spider-man platform that mars morales has been given it's definitely um, the first movie yeah yeah and it's look there's there's not much else that can be said like i virtually have no flaws to this movie like i i adore it it's it tackles well not only does it introduce a new spider-man uh it introduces like fucking six <laughs> um and then it tackles the Spider-Verse, one of the most complex stories to tell. Um, it does a Will, it does a, a Wilson Fisk um, character that is on par with the Daredevil Wilson Fisk um, in terms of just how cool he is. Um, oh, look, I, I, I just, I, was like, I feel like you're gonna have to jump in because I love, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't pinpoint a single thing. I uh, I absolutely love this movie, and I think for me it comes down to to one simple fact, and that's that it's a comic book. Right from the opening, it is a comic book through and through. The very first thing you see when the movie starts up is a approved by the Comics Code Authority um, stamp just right at the front of it. Um, it's it's filmed. I guess that's a weird term for an animated movie, but it's filmed like a comic book in terms of like the frame rate is slightly lower than it should be. And I do think that definitely works for it. Things are out of focus and blurred in the background. Um, there's like flip and, and like uh, snap dialogue f- effects and everything like that. It's just a hundred percent, a comic book come to life. Um, and not just in terms of like style in terms of story as well. And, for me there's no higher praise than that really that's something that massively works in favor for this movie yeah it it looks visually like when i said i didn't like the animation style i have done a very hard u-turn on that um i don't know if like the they touched it up a little bit from the preview i saw or i just got used to it when i saw it in the context of a whole movie um i 
fucking i love the style of this movie like visually it's so impressive um the fact that you can just kind of pour like you can pause this movie at any time and you've got yourself a, a lovely desktop background um like it's 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 breathtaking to look at um but also um for an animated movie uh, especially one aimed at kids it's it's got some some heavy content like really does yeah there's a spider-man in this that just gets like literally pounded to death kingpin just punches him in the face and yeah and he dies yeah spider-man as well uh that one played by chris pine who actually does really well he does very well yeah and it was um that was a secret as well because in the trailers his dialogue was given to jake johnson um which actually uh one thing i do love Whilst I am going to talk about Miles Morales predominantly because he's he is the centric Spider-Man of this movie, um, Jake Johnson fucking kills it um, as as Peter B. Parker. Um, Jake Johnson, if uh, I didn't know, uh, is one of the, the leads in the sitcom New Girl. Um, and after watching just one scene of that, you can see why they cast yeah. him. Like he's he's perfect for the role of like a kind of out of touch old man spider-man who's kind of uh a has-been um and is well past it i love um um, i love the the spider-man we're initially introduced to the chris pine spider-man he's just like the the perfect one there is like he's he's likable he's you know he's in shape he's doing a great job as spider-man people like and respect him and um, he's saving the city he's doing a great job he's blonde and handsome and everything like that um and then the the peter we spend most of the movie with the peter b parker is just such the opposite he's just someone who's been doing it a lot longer and he's like sort of jaded by spider-man he's just tired and bored of it and he's not even in shape anymore because his relationships going down the drain and everything like that is just such they do they do like perfect um exposition dumps they do, i love the I... exposition dumps so much um the, just the way the comic drops let's do this one more time um and then they just yeah. tell you who the spider-man is um and i think for me the best scene or sequence in the movie is the leap of faith sequence towards the end. Um, but and, and that is great with the music and everything and just the absolute visuals of Miles just not falling but rising the way they flipped the image. Um, but just after all of that, after that sequence and he's swung through the city um, and he gets he jumps over the building that he couldn't jump over earlier and then he pulls off the mask just the way then it takes a moment and then his comic drops onto the pile as well. I love that so much. That's so fucking yeah. good. Oh, it's a, it's a brilliant yeah. inclusion. I... That I, to be fair, uh, up until the other day when I rewatched this, I would say the Leap of Faith is, was my favourite sequence. And... Look, it still is a very, very close tie. There's a really underrated moment um, that I I've watched this movie three times: one in cinema and twice out, uh, and one of them was the recent time. Um, and it took me until this third time to kind of realise the weight that a particular line has. Um, and it said later on, basically earlier on in the movie, um, Miles has a very throw a throwaway line to Peter B. Parker, uh, and he says, um, "How do I how do I know I won't mess it up again?" Yeah. Um, and then Peter says it's a leap of faith. Um, and then there's the moment where 
uh, at the end, Miles is really coming to his own. It's after the leap of faith. He's arrived um, at the like the big machine yeah. to help everyone. Um, and Peter B. Parker is essentially about to stay there and sacrifice himself. Um, and because um, you know he'd rather do that than just go back to his his world where Mary Jane's left him, Aunt May's dead. Like, and it's just a little bit depressing for him there. Um, and Miles trips him up using the same maneuver that Peter taught him. Um, catches him before he goes and Peter immediately realizes that Miles is ready but before he goes Peter says Peter repeats back to Miles something that Miles had asked him earlier and says how do I know I won't mess it all up again Um, and Miles says it's a leap of faith and then like Peter like realizes himself and like lets him go Um, and it's just such a, a I I love that moment because it like it's Although the movie spends a great deal of time telling us that this version of Peter Parker hasn't got it all together, you still see him as like you still know that that's Spider Man. Oh yeah, like you still know that's Peter. He's Parker, still competent. And still and he that... still knows what he's doing. Yeah, and then it gets to that moment, and you realize like this whole time, this guy has needed Miles just as much as Miles has needed Massively. him. Um, and it's and it's it's brilliant. I I don't know. I just I, I genuinely that moment like choked me up. Because I was like, Do you know what moment really chokes me up? Um, so, and there's a, quite a lot of them because this is, it's a kids' movie, yeah, but it's really emotional and has a lot of heart to it. I think, um, and this one's more of a personal one, and I imagine it would be that way for a lot of people. Though this was the first Marvel movie to come out after Stan Lee died, um, so the the Stan Lee cameo where he says um, anyone can put on the mask, that one. Oh, that got to me, man. I was oh, yeah. crying in the cinema. And then they make a joke of it because because there's no refunds or anything like that. He says it always fits, and that's the joke because there's no refunds. But it's still... Yeah, it's a, it, it tricks yeah. you, doesn't it? Because it says... Um, he says, oh, the Mars says, can I take it back if it doesn't fit? And he goes, it always fits eventually. Yeah. And you go, oh, that's such a lovely sentiment. And it turns and it's just no <laughs> refunds ever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant moment. And it... it it does obviously it's i think i think it was maybe intentionally designed like that to give you that levity i it, feel like it does very yeah, much i feel, feel like, like that may have been touched up after stanley's death i don't know that for sure i like, would i i completely yeah, think it was just to add a little bit more weight to it or something like that um because because it yeah. definitely is like quite a a touching moment um, and then just broken by a joke, which which still works for it. Um, what did you think of Gwen Stacy? I loved her in this. Um, there's a point that I heard made um, somewhere else, uh, so I won't claim that I had this thought myself. Um, the the Spider Gwen uh, style, like the costume style, lends so well to animated movies. Um, it just oh, it, it does just actually looks yeah. so visually impressive. Um, yeah but yeah no it's it's i i really liked her i liked um i at first i thought they were going for a, like a kind of a romantic thing between gwen and miles um and i'm and they kind of it sort of a little bit was they're they're kind of like flirty with each there's other there's definitely hints of that yeah there's there's flirting moments and they're definitely yeah they're definitely characters who have an attraction towards each other. I think yeah. that's evident. But then I, I really, the thing I really, really enjoyed about this um, was that it's a, it's a, you can so tell that the movie prioritizes character over 
movie tropes. Um, like the obvious, the obvious yeah. thing would have been for them two characters to get together at the end, and then Miles is Spider Man. Miles is the only Spider Man in that universe, and then he has Gwen. Um, like, albeit in a in a different reality, but um, like yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but no, it, it, it you the movie takes seriously the trauma that Gwen faced because um, although obviously Peter is her friend in that universe, when he dies. Um, yeah, we know the two characters for having a romantic connection to each other, uh, and half of Gwen's character is rooted in the fact that she won't really open up to other people. So why on earth would she suddenly just like fall in love with this this random guy from a different universe? Um, so I, I like that, but yeah, there definitely was hints of the romance there. But I'm glad they left it open ended. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I, I'm glad that the movie let Miles be like Miles and get Miles straight before he you... worked on anything else. Absolutely. Uh, do you reckon that Peter B. Parker um, knows who Gwen Stacy is? Do you reckon that version of him has had a relationship with his own version of Gwen in the past? I don't know. Um, it's an interesting point. I thought about that in reverse yeah. because surely Gwen would recognise this older version of Peter. Um, but yeah, no, I'm. I'm not sure. Maybe, but he doesn't really have much time for yeah. her. Like it's not that he like no, dislikes yeah. her. You're right. Like he he doesn't he doesn't mention or hint to any anything that at all. That's just my own thought because obviously Peter before he well traditionally in the comics anyway before Gwen Stacy is his first girlfriend before Mary Jane. Um, then sadly she dies. Um, and he moves on and gets with MJ uh, a lot less coldly than I just put it there. <laughs> yeah, um, she gets over it. Fuck her. She's dead now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm ju- I'm just wondering like that if. Because if that is the case, and that would have been really weird for him just seeing his old dead girlfriend, who's now a 15-year-old girl, yeah. and a spider-woman as well, or ghost spider, as she's called, that would have been wild. Yeah, it would have... It, yeah, I can imagine it probably would have rocked him a little bit. Um, but then <laughs> I don't think, like, just thinking about what like the facts the movie presents us with, I don't think that this version of Peter B. Parker did have that experience with Gwen, because we see how rocked he is yeah. when he just encounters MJ um, in the alternate universe. And Aunt May as well. And Aunt May, yeah, he's very... Yeah. Yeah, because both of... MJ, he's not with anymore, and his version of Aunt May is long dead. Um... Yeah. So yeah, I feel like we would have had a more like shocked reaction from Peter if he was to have Definitely. had that experience. But it's an interesting point. I suppose um, the multiverse does open all those questions, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this because I know you're not really someone who's who's read the comics uh, or anything like that. Um, but traditionally, in Miles's story, um, it's his father who dies. It's uh, Jefferson. Yeah, oh, yeah, Davis, no, I knew that. Yeah, um, and. Right, okay, uh, but in this, it's his uncle, uh, Aaron, the Prowler, who's a great villain, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. the music design on him, like that sort of, like, sting that they do is Whoa. just incredible. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's terrifying it as well. It is, man, it really is. Um, yeah. But what did you think of that? Like, they they flipped it, essentially, so that his dad's still alive but his uncle died what did you think of that so so like you say i'm not i'm not really familiar with miles morales as a comic book character at all um um i know the most of what i know about miles's story and his origin uh is rooted in the um the spider-man game that came out on ps4 um yeah because that tells it quite well 
Um, so I knew that it was his dad that died. Uh, and I, I have to admit, when at the beginning, when they were setting it up, the whole, like, um, you know, the dad saying, like, you know, say say that you love me and kind of thing. And I thought that was, I thought he was going to die, basically. Um, yeah. I thought they were going to follow that. Um, and then they don't. And it was it was quite, at first I thought it was a bit of an odd choice uh, to have his uncle as the prowler. Um, as in, like, obviously I know he always is, but, like, to have that in this story and then the uncle is the one that dies, I thought was interesting. Uh, because it definitely... Yeah it serves way more of a as a as a lesson to um to miles uh, i think i i like the fact that his dad is the one that normally dies because it you know it's the whole you can't save everyone kind of thing uh but it does yeah. always feel a little bit reminiscent of like a, an uncle ben ripoff um the father figure dies you can't save everyone now you've got to learn how to I be mean, a that's hero. just I- it's not so much uh, Uncle Ben as just comics in general. Yeah, really, like someone has to like, die for you to want to save yeah. everyone. Um, Mo- almost every single superhero origin story is somehow revolving around a parent or a parental figure dying. It's That's true. Just That's very true. Comics 101. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like you say, the Prowler was like a fucking great character. I really love the connection between um, Uncle Aaron and Miles. Um, yeah, so you could so tell that Miles, like, I love the fact that like when his dad was talking, he wasn't listening, and when like everything Uncle Aaron had to say, Miles was like soaking it in. Yeah, because um, he's like a cool, fun uncle and everything like that. Yeah, and it and it came. You came to really, you know, when the Prowler died, it really hit home for Miles. Like this is why my dad didn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, although obviously Miles still had the love and utter respect for his uncle, he saw, he saw his dad's point of view so much more after that death. And the scene, um, talk about like emotional moments, the scene where, uh, Jefferson, uh, goes to Miles's like dorm room just to like tell him that his uncle's dead, but he can't quite say it. Um, and he still thinks that Miles is mad at him, and Miles at that point can't even respond because he's been webbed he's up. Webbed up, yeah, he? he's webbed up. Yeah. And he can't talk. Um, so Jefferson just has to like basically just talk on his own because he thinks that Miles is still pissed with him. And um, oh, it's just such a heartbreaking moment because you can tell that Miles wants to. He wants to say something. He wants to go out there and give his dad a hug if he can, um, but he just can't really. And he does have that lovely moment at the end um, where he, like, even as Spider-Man, he just, like, can't help himself and he does just hug his dad. Yeah. That is lovely. Um, no, like, I I didn't mind that change at all. I felt it really benefited the movie. Um, there's a lot of side Spider-Mans in this. Uh, what there you, is. So we got, uh, we got Spider-Man the War. Um, Nick Cage. Your Spider Ham. John Mulaney. Uh, Nick Cage and then John Mulaney. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, uh, who's the other one? Gwen. Uh, oh, um, Penny Parker. P- Penny, Penny Parker, yeah. yeah. Um, um, what do you make of those guys? Because they're obviously less explored uh, intentionally in the in the film's case. Yeah, they're um, definitely more left to the side um, in terms of the story and probably for the better. But I, I, like, the, I like those characters. Um, it was I definitely... Well, I say that. But, uh, well, I haven't even said it yet. But I was, I was gonna say, definitely wouldn't work in live action. But I think it possibly could, in terms of like Spider Ham and everything like that. Because 
that's something <laughs> obviously the animated uh nature of the film lends itself to like you can have these wacky literally cartoonish characters um and just run with it essentially and um, probably wouldn't work in live action but in an animated film it works uh yeah it's a little over the top it's a little in your face it's a little kid friendly um but i like it man john mulaney probably one of my favorite comedians so i love yeah. I'm... it's brilliantly casted this movie oh massively yeah and nick cage as um as spider-man noir that's that's just great as well that, that is perfect yeah um what do you think of them no like what do I think of them? Yeah. Um, I'd imagine you'd have like a problem the... with Spider-Ham because you hate fun. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, you know what? You you like the Raimi movies once <laughs> and you, suddenly you can't ever have a, have a legitimate opinion on it anymore. Um, no, I didn't hate Spider-Ham. Okay. Um, and fuck you. Um, okay, look, I have to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, when I first saw this movie, I didn't like Spider-Man. <laughs> I knew you. Because I, I know you, and I know you mostly hate fun and you love French noir cinema. So anything... It's not true. It's not true. I love fun. No, a fun you guy. can't have fun in cinema. It's a serious I genre. Love... <laughs> <laughs> the medium of film is disrespected by flying ham pigs. Um... <laughs> no, look, I, I I didn't like it at first. I thought it was a little bit. Um, I, th- I I'm proud of myself because I went out of my way to fix my issue with this. Um, I I wasn't really a fan. I thought it was a little bit annoying. Um, and then I went, maybe I just don't get the humor. Yeah. So I I decided because I said I love every part of this Spider-Man movie, and I'd hate to say there was just one thing I didn't like about it because I genuinely loved every part of it, other than that. Um, so I went and watched one of John Mulaney's stand-ups and then when I watched it again I really enjoyed it so I went out of my way to fix my French noir cinema prejudice um, uh, and no I really I really really do enjoy it now um, yeah but no I, I, I liked I liked all the side characters I think they really worked they served their purpose like you said I like the fact that they're kind of intentionally pushed to the side but then they're not incapable of like normal moments like like they all tell their stories and like um like Nick Cage's Spider-Man Noir like has this like really lovely moment with uh, Miles where he like puts his hands on his shoulder and he's like look you'll get there just you're not there yet kind of thing um <laughs> i think they all have like a really good uh like sort of goodbye moment i think um spider hams just makes me laugh it just makes me crease every time he goes that's all folks and then miles goes can you say that like legally oh yeah <laughs> no that's good i like when he pulls out a ginormous hammer from his back pocket or like a mallet and he like gives it to miles Same. yeah um yeah no it's, it's a great movie yeah uh, just just the the actual character of Spider-Ham in terms of like his actual comic book character is just completely bizarre as well. Yeah, because you see you see Spider-Ham, and then you would assume, okay, so a pig bitten by a spider, obviously, it's the other way around. It's a spider bitten by a radioactive pig. It just makes no fucking Ridic- sense, right? <laughs> no, it makes no sense whatsoever. But it's great. <laughs> A spider bitten by a radioactive pig. Yeah, you just you'd think that you'd just keep them the same. <laughs> like at least have one through line being the radioactive spider. 
Um, no. And of course, his name is Peter Porker as well. So he was a spider that was called Peter Porker, which is just... Fuck's sake. <laughs> incredible. It's brilliant. But you could tell that was a character that was not thought out and not like people wouldn't realize how popular that character became as like a joke um it's great yeah it is great it's a very it's so stupid it's so dumb um okay well i think we should wrap it up there this has been very long well before we do before we do wrap it up just quickly um i say quickly you never know with us um spider-man um the the marvel cinematic universe version is not finished yet well obviously because that's going to go on forever most likely um but the trilogy is not finished what um what would you want to see in uh spider-man 3 homecoming warrior or whatever it's going to be called (laughs) fuck's sake um uncle ben i'm joking um (laughs) i would like to see um, sam raimi (laughs) Yeah, I'd say Sam Raimi returning to direct extensive Uncle Ben flashbacks, um, uh, and Tom and Tom Holland recast to Tobey Maguire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just re-release Spider-Man Three. I'm fine with that. Um, no, I, I'd. I, I'm not like like with this version. Like you said, it's so different to the other versions we've got. I don't know what I'd want from it that they wouldn't like. I'm very impressed with the villains uh, that they've gone with so far. Um, and I really like how they're portraying them um, and kind of making them a little bit different to their comic counterparts. So I, I trust them entirely to just bring something new and fresh. Um, the one thing I'd ask if, they, if they're if they making a new one, which they obviously are, um, is that Spider-Man stands on his own two feet a little bit more. Um, I'd love to see, now that Far From Home really liberated him from Tony Stark, um, which again, I had no problem with that relationship, but now that they've made the choice to say, Spider-Man is his own man and he doesn't need to live in the shadow of Iron Man anymore. Um, I'd love for him to, I'd love for us to really see him in his own element now. Like I'd love for us to see the experienced Spider-Man rather than the Spider-Man that's always unsure of himself, which is what we've got in the last two movies. Um, I'd like to see the Spider-Man's a bit more confident uh, that can handle his shit. And then maybe he gets knocked back a little bit when he is a bit too overconfident um yeah just uh, i suppose like little characteristics i'd like to, i'd like to see explored i don't know to what capacity but yeah what about you what would you like to see all of that's great i'm kind of meant like in terms of the story now that everyone knows he's spider-man oh i see <laughs> i'm so embarrassed nathan <laughs> so you just you had you had about two minutes to interrupt me there at any point just to let me know i don't want to interrupt you that's bad form that is bad form that is bad form. I'm sorry. Um, okay, look. I have no idea. This is uncharted territory. Um, yeah. And obviously the only time that Spider-Man has really made a big thing of revealing his identity in the comics is in the Civil War comic, and we're way past that in the MCU. Um, it's, it's happened a couple of times. Well, that, that, But that's the main one, right? Like the Civil War that's one. The, yeah. 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 Um, fucking, I have no idea. Um, it's a different ballpark really um it is yeah i'd i'd like it to be something that has serious ramifications um quite a lot of um criticism of the mcu and something i agree with as well is that a lot of times stuff is just brushed over and doesn't really hold 
anyway in in the future um like you could say with aunt may finding out he's spider-man and everything like that it's a good ending moment for a movie but then it's just not really mentioned again um there's I don't think you can. You can't just drop something like that and just completely at the start of the next movie say, yep, that's all wrapped up. You could if the if you hadn't made it such a big deal in the other movies. Um, yeah. So why, do you know what? Actually saying that, now that I've kind of been reminded that that's how Far From Home ends, I would really enjoy seeing, you know, you know in the, the post-credits um of like um michael mando's scorpion um and he's like yo fucking vulture who who is spider-man like tell us yeah and he's like no clue um and like vulture like protects him um yeah i'd love to see now that common villains have that knowledge i'd love to see like his friends and family really threatened um and Ooh, peter yeah. in a position where he has to basically just fucking dial in on the fact that he is spider-man his actions have had consequences and yeah. sadly he couldn't foresee this and now he's got to be the person that looks after his family um and his friends and i'd love to see that um i'd love to see some i would like to see that as well yeah i'd, yeah. I'd love to see some kind of widely uh wide acceptance from like the flash um who obviously because he he's probably very conflicted given that he basically did loves you just Spider-Man. say did you just say the flash not the flash you know what i mean flash but did you but did you just say that though? i won't confirm that <laughs> for your benefit so you can laugh at me um like i said i want this to be something that has ramifications usually in terms of spider-man i wouldn't really want his identity out there i think it's better when he has that secret that he needs to protect and he has to struggle with that. Um, but I kind of want them to commit to this. Like, I don't want them to fix it. I don't want them to come to come up with a way and and prove that Peter's not Spider-Man or something, which I'm sure they can do, and I'm sure they can do it in a way that works. But I, like, want this to be something that has serious ramifications for him. It'd be interesting to see, like, a load of press teams from, like, the Avengers um, facility. Like, you can deny this. You can say this. You can say that this isn't right. And I'd love to see him, like... Not even that. Like, I I want him to, like, be on the run, like, essentially. Because, like, like J. Jonah Jameson, again, great J.K. Simmons, has, like basically outed him as a murderer of Mysterio, which people still think is, like, a great superhero they don't know he was the villain um so and he as far as everyone is concerned he murdered him and then caused the attack on london as well so i so he can't just like go back to school he can't just live a normal life after that people are gonna want to to get him essentially it's true no it's true and it's it would be very interesting to see that kind of like i said it hit him at home kind of thing like both you know like metaphorically and literally like for Aunt May <laughs> to be in the firing line would really shake up the dynamic yeah. would really make Peter you know despite the fact that obviously he's faced like enormous threats at this point is as Spider-Man in the MCU but would like yeah you know would it would really fuck him up like I yeah I, I'd love to like you say I don't want them to just have a big swing and uh, the last thing i'd want is for like a repeat of the ending of uh homecoming where like you say it just wasn't mentioned again i'd love to see this yeah. actually pretty much be the main driving force of the plot in the next one 
And I, and I think it will be because I think it has to be, like I say, with a bombshell that big, it's not really something that you can just gloss over. So hopefully it is. Um, and then another thing, um, at the moment, there's a lot of talk of a, a sort of a live action Spider-Verse, <laughs> um, getting Andrew back, getting Toby back. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I would love the idea of it. Um, I think it all comes down to right directors because um, there's, you know, it's a risky live action movie to make. Um, you've got the issue of like completely different tones. Um, but in, you know, at, at its core value at concept, I think it's, I, I'd love to see it. I, I would very much so enjoy seeing their Spider-Man's interact with each other um i think um i would disagree that it's a risky move i think that's guaranteed to make a billion dollars oh financially absolutely yeah but it's whether people come out of it going fuck that was a pile of shit or not um no financially i think a live action spider-verse would fucking kill the game i think it'd be amazing it would be easy billion easy if not maybe looking at like one point fucking five billion um just because of how many like demographics that's gonna touch um i think that uh, at this point where we are now i think that it's almost an absolute certainty that it's going to happen do you think so I what think makes you say that no yeah i think because um, there's so much conversation about it and positive conversation right about it about that's what people want to see as well people are really nostalgic for the Raimi films at the moment Raimi's coming back to do Doctor Strange uh, as well um, and then in terms of the overall like uh, what's the word I'm looking for like the overall state of the industry that's kind of where everything is leading to as well like if you look at what DC just did with uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, like bringing pretty much everything all together into one, um, like every single DC TV show there has ever been, and movie, essentially, but bringing them all together in this huge crossover. And then as well, the Flash movie, um, with Michael Keaton coming back, coming back as Batman and, and reprising that role. I think because of everything like that um, and just the ongoing conversation around it, I would say uh, after Spider-Man 3, after we've had some time to finish up Peter's story, or this part of it anyway, then that is when the multiverse will open and we'll start to see it. I would I would like to see it. I, I don't know. Do you reckon... Because Andrew Garfield and Sony did not part ways on the best of terms. Do you reckon that would be an issue? All they have to do is just throw a fucking million couple of million at him all right it's it's just a matter of a paycheck they'll absolutely do it they'll find a way do you reckon because he's not overly if you can get if you can get harrison ford back to do star wars <laughs> you can do anything yeah that's fair that okay. is very true that is very true um <laughs> and twice as well twice yeah no that's fair enough that is fair enough um no i'd like to see it um and like you make you make good points like hopefully it is coming our way because it's something the fans have been after for years. And yeah, all right, we, we did get the multiverse through into the Spider-Verse, but 
studios know that we want to see Toby, Andrew, and Tom together. And I think I think we'll see them in Spider Verse as well, like the animated one. I think they'll have voice cameos. I do, I do as well. Um, but I think it is only a matter of time until we have the Spider Men. Yeah, well, they've got they've got no issue casting and, big names. Like they um didn't they cast Oscar Isaac for literally like uh, an end of credits cameo? Yeah, he was uh, Miguel Ahara, yeah. Spider Man twenty ninety nine. So yeah. that's yeah, they, they've got. Yeah, I I feel they'll do it. Like like Sony is Sony. Um, sorry, Spider Man is Sony's hottest property. They're gonna milk that cash cow fucking for everything it's worth. Um, Massively, we all know that Massively. Sony love to do that. It's just getting the creative people on board to make it good. I'd hate to but see it. That's and then the thing flop. though. But but with the way it's working now though, it's not so much Sony in creative control. That may be what they say, but. You and I and most people both know that it's actually Disney running things instead of Sony. Oh, thank fuck for that. Jesus. <laughs> How many happy pods was this for you? <laughs> so many to give out. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. All right, I we, can't do we're gonna, we're gonna No, we're going to quick fire it. <laughs> Raimi trilogy. All right. Uh, a... Too slow, too slow. A decent pod a decent pod okay amazing spider-man uh a underrated pod okay mcu a um a i I struggle with adjectives for these fucking (laughs) shitty rating system you forced on hey don't hate the rating system (laughs) it's good and it worked a um jubilant sextatic all-round good time pod all right lovely quickly do me uh, Raimi. Oh, French noir, beautiful, c'est magnifique. <laughs> uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, underrated. You summed it up perfectly. Uh, MCU. Fine. Great, but room for improvement. What do you say? Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Um, the best. Easily. Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like you changed the rating system there slightly, but all right. I did. I, you are right. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't fully there. Yeah. Let's do it all again. Let's start from the no, top. Let's not. <laughs> all right. Um, we, we probably should have mentioned this up top, but we got some more stuff coming uh, in terms of different content. We'll get into that a little bit later in the future at some point. Um, but watch this space or another space or your own space. Who knows? I'm tired, so I'm going to bed. Bye. Definitely watch your own space. You don't want to be intruding in other people's space. Bye. Um, if if you're an astronaut, it's important for you to watch Bye. space as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, if you've got this far, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back every Sunday. See you yeah. guys later. Another happy pod. Another happy pod. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 